Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to another. Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily right here on the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us once again. Sorry for the delay. Family matters. My kids just didn't want to go to bed. But now they're in bed and we're off to the races. It's Wrestling Daily's Thursday edition. And you know what that means. It means we've got Steph Chase in the place. The hot take machine. The Ultra Jack Queen. <laughs> She's here. How are you, Steph? I'm good. I'm very tired, actually. I stayed up till about 6 a.m. When I got up, I thought I saw you tweet around that time, and I was like, she did it again. She did do it again. I have to stop, I have to stop getting excited because it makes me not want to sleep. <laughs> well, there's a lot to get excited about, which we are going to jump into on this show today. Of course, AW Dynamite and NXT last night. I must say, to get um, before we get into things deeper, I was very pleased with both shows yesterday. High quality Wednesday night, I felt. Um, and we're obviously going to dive into the angles that manifested a lot of surprises that I didn't see coming. So I'm very, it's always a good thing. No matter when you watch wrestling for a long time and you can still yeah. be surprised, isn't that a great thing, Steph? That's what you want, isn't it? That what that's what makes you happy as an adult, you know, surprised, still being surprised. So yeah, there was a lot of that last night, definitely. Absolutely. So once again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If the hot take queen and the ultra chat machine is in the house, you know what you need to do. You need to get those ultra chats in. And uh, I believe it's at wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Steph, a couple of people have have mentioned where you're sitting close to your mic. Oh, you got your mic. Right, you, it, it was a bit fuzzy, even my end, must admit. Oh, okay. Your audio is a bit fuzzy in my end. Oh, I know why. Sorry, guys. Okay, sorry. I had my uh, mic was listed as my head. It happens. It happens. Uh, I literally just got my. I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, we're back. We're back in business. So once again, guys, yes, please get your ultra chats in. Uh, anything you want to discuss with Steph or I regarding last night or the shows moving forward, please let us know. We'd be happy mm-hmm. to delve into that. And obviously, while you're here, subscribe, thumbs up, like, all that good stuff for the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. Please do it. Um, that helps. You know, we've been growing tremendously since we actually started this in our home. We're on our yeah. on, the road, on the road to 10K. Steph already so yeah very very excited about that uh Jeremy for the record my daughters are four and two um although the four-year-old is five in like two months it more like six weeks May 2nd and the other one is three on in June so their birthdays are coming fast growing up god damn it um I'm dreading the social media age Steph, oh gosh, when they have phones and stuff. Wow, I hope they don't become wrestling fans. (laughs) Yeah, stay off Twitter. Yeah, I hope they don't become like tweeting wrestling fans. That will be that will be something to worry about. They'll probably be trolling me. That guy is trash. (laughs) Get off. So, yes, thank you uh, once again, everybody. We are going to dive into the Wednesday night stuff as per usual here. But the first thing we want to do is 
talk about the titular news. That has become what is the go-to thing of this show. And today, it's all about the return of John Laurinaitis, Steph. I don't know how much, um, how much you've seen of this news, but Mark Carano out, John Laurinaitis in, head of talent relations. Uh, have you seen much about that? I've seen that John Laurinaitis is back. I didn't know Mark Carano was out, though. That, that surprises me. I thought they were tag-teaming it, but... Mark Carano of Total Divas theme out. Wow, that's that's big. Um, well, I don't know if he's out of the, the company. I just know that Laurinaitis is the head of town relations now. Right, right. Um, I know. I don't know. Like, there's not much I can I can say about that. I've never been WWE talent. I don't know what it's like to work with Johnny. Uh, he seems like a nice man on Total Bellas. That's how I know Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Ace. Oh, and and don't forget his acclaimed feud with John Cena. Yes, yes. <laughs> what, what, a, what a great time in Raw history that was. Um, <laughs> just to read uh, what Fightful Select have said on this news, Johnny Ace is back at the helm of talent relations in WWE. This left several wrestlers concerned, at least those that reached out to Fightful. One wrestler indicated Ace's insistence on embracing the diva-style performers over in-ring acumen during his time there. And they're worried that line of thinking will be reflected in his hiring method once again. That's a very interesting point. Ooh, you know, that is interesting. Women have come a long way. A lot of amazing women have been signed in by WWE by Mark Carano, right, in that time frame. Mm -hmm. So that is interesting. Um, Ace has been out of the talent relations role for nine years. Wow. I didn't even know that. I feel old. Yeah, so do I. Um, several current WWE wrestlers told us that Mark Carano was easy to work with on the surface, but he was hard to trust, particularly after the April 2020 releases. Those cuts in general eroded a lot of trust within the company after several wrestlers were let go who were made long-term promises, and Carano was said to have been a part of that. I mean, at the end of the day, he's just passing the message, is he not? Yeah, and I don't think you could trust anyone in that kind of structure, really. I mean, if you're looking for someone to trust, get a get a mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, don't be looking around like the corporate side of your, your company. <laughs> I mean, I, I know nothing of, like, um, the inner workings of John Laurinaitis or whatever. I know, obviously, I know what talent relations entails. Uh, you know, JR did that very successfully around the turn of the millennium yeah. and, and he was kind of responsible for the, you know, Brock Lesnar hirings and, and you know, the, the OVW class that we all revere so much. So mm -hmm. there's that. Um, Lauren Artis, from what I've always read, is like a, well, and what Bruce Pritchard says in his podcast, is just a proper yes man to Vince. So... Vince loves that. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, isn't it weird that, after all these years, now Pritchard and Laurinaitis are back right alongside Vince. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't really know what to say because I think we all know what the problem is or who the problem is, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and having this person-slash-problem being surrounded by yes-men sounds like a recipe for absolute disaster. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Know. It absolutely does. And uh, as Elizabeth Stallion says here, old Lizzie Rascal herself, on an article I saw, they said Mark Cronin and Johnny Ace were sharing the role and main reason he is back because he won't stand up to Vince. Well, as we just said, he'll do whatever Vince says. But um, in general, if you're doing a job and then they bring someone else in to share that job with you, it's not a great sign. So um, No, it's not. <laughs> We'll see how no. that works. We'll see how that works out for old Marcus Carano. Um, moving on, let's talk Wednesday Night Wars, if we even still call it that these days. It's just great Wednesday nights of wrestling, to be honest. Um, you know, let's. I mean, the thing I want to start with is the announcements that NXT okay. made because I feel like that's a worthy place to begin. Now, William Regal comes out, and we know. We're going to get NXT women's tag team titles. Now, conflicting emotions here. We'll get into why. Um, there, there's a lot of different things and reasons along here. But chief among them, to be fair, NXT had a lot of women on the show last night, right? Three matches, I want to say, they had. God, they, they had a lot of women when they all uh, lined up at the, on the ramp. 
right i mean the the point i make for that and obviously they've just had the intake of of more women at the performance center if you're going to showcase women more then there is in theory no reason that you wouldn't give them another belt you know the men have got the north american title and the main title if you're going to feature the women as prominently to me that's okay but they didn't make a mid-card title they decided to make another set of women tag titles when they could have just beat Nia and Sha- you know. Oh, that was one thing, right? Then they award the titles to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Then they say, "Okay, well, you're going to defend them tonight against Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart." So right then, they could have. <laughs> Why didn't they just say, "We'll have you two go for the titles" instead of awarding them the titles? That was weird in and of itself. And then Dakota Kai and Raquel's reign lasts about fifty-three minutes. And we got new champion in Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Now, just to state my case here, I'm not against Ember Moon or Shotzi. And, you know, I, I think all of those women are tremendous. That all just seems very peculiar to me. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, but then, you know, now they're doing Raquel and Io, so they had to get the belts off Raquel. What do you mean they had to get the belt off her? They just put it on her. Just don't give it oh, to her. Strange. I think it was very strange, Steph. What do you think of it? I think the whole thing reeks of no forward planning, like just bringing in these titles after the tournament. Um, I think it's good to have another women's title, but I don't think women's tag titles, I don't think have worked on WWE or NXT because they don't have actual women's tag teams. Oh, they did. They did have one, but they broke them up for no reason. But it's all just, you know, people put together and, and it's just not good. And then the women's tag team titles themselves, like they have never been properly defended across the three brands like they were yeah. meant to be. It would actually be very cool to have them on an NXT team who could then go to on SmackDown to defend them and, and stuff like that. But it was just bad. And I don't know whose great idea that was to give it to one team and then let their reign last 15 minutes. Like way to set up your title as being mm. totally rubbish. It's it's so bad. It's like failed right off the bat. I don't, you know, I'm all for surprises and shocks in wrestling, right? But that's that's not the good kind. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's a bad surprise. What does that do for like Dakota, who's someone who I would love to see, you know, get the shine? And you know, Raquel is obviously being strapped for that push to Io Shirai Mania season anyway. Like I think we've all seen that coming. Um, But you know it kind of leaves Kai a bit like, oh, and I just don't, like you yeah. said, why, why didn't they, you know, they could have made the Dusty Rhodes tournament for the titles in the first place. They could have done that. They could have, like you said, put the women's tag titles on an NXT team, probably the one brand where, you know, those titles would actually get featured a lot in the company yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and let them, let them take that and let them go on tour per se. They just seem to have done anything that, but the logical thing that they could have done, and maybe there's a grander picture that I can't see yet, and I am normally someone that's like, you know, let's let, let's just see how this goes. So let's see how this no. goes. But right now, I just feel like it's a bad look. I think this whole thing was thought of sometime within the last week um, and just badly executed. And you had Dakota Kai out there saying, oh, we can beat all of you. She lasted 50 minutes with the titles. Just made her look bad. And... She's been doing really well. She's been on a good run. Her and Raquel are great. Uh, it's just so bad. It's bad, bad stuff. Mm. You hate you hate to see it for talent like that. Um, but also, yeah. of course, he made the announcement of the takeovers as well, which we were half expecting. Right, these these two nights. Yeah takeover for wrestlemania week uh, i believe it's going to be on the wednesday and the thursday 7th and 8th respectively um stand and deliver is is apparently the name and we don't know what's going to be across it yet but there are many exciting possibilities right that they can do with this especially when you look at Cole Baller mm-hmm. O'Reilly, how that's kind of triangulating right now they could do that across two nights in various formulations um it, I've been saying this for a while. Like outside of that top angle, I feel like NXT kind of needs to get their ducks in a row for another other hot angles because the rest of them are just kind of happening right now. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I did think, you know, without blowing past it too quickly, 
Io Shirai and Tony Storm, I thought, had a very good match. I would call it a very good match. Um, I think they have great chemistry, full stop. And clearly, that was a break-off point to get to Raquel Gonzalez. So, presumably, that will be one of the main matches at TakeOver. Do you think the women's title has to main event one night and the NXT title main events the other? I mean, I think they don't have enough going on to warrant two nights of TakeOver, like, at all. It's just, mm. like... It's stupid and greedy. So I'm just, I'm just going to put that hot take out there. NXT, you're stupid and greedy. Um, <laughs> stupid and greedy. There you have it. Yeah. Um, so basically, why not let the women like headline one night if, you're going to, if you have to put us through two nights of this? Can you not just make one really great card? Yeah. I, I just don't feel enough. They're probably going to give Dexter Loomis a match now just to fill the card. You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean to be fair, like the the Champa Volta teases, that's a bit of me. I would watch Tommaso uh-huh. Champa and Volta, so put that on a takeover card. I'm all for it. And then you've got the Tim Thatcher connotation there, of course. You know the they used to be in a stable together outside of WWE. Thatcher is kind of giving these little looks every time Champa is talking about Volta and Imperium. So that is interesting to me. You've got Jordan Devlin. He's coming back to challenge uh, Escobar for the Cruiserweight title. Um, he said he's coming back next week. I don't know if he's challenging him next week or if they're going to do it at TakeOver. I actually wasn't clear on that. Um, but either way, I feel like everything that I've just mentioned, you could put on one card. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, like you've mentioned about four things, Alex. So we could do one card. Well, <laughs> four, really things, good one. <laughs> four things. And you've got the title with Cole Balor. Right? So, But you must have those those five things would be a very good card. It's just what do you yeah. do from there? Like, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with Birch and Lorcan as the tag champs. Like, are they presumably Imperium are like being kind of lined up for that as well? But MSK remain in the mix. Grizzled Young veterans, of course, have put them out. So where are we going with that? Presumably is a multi-man thing going on at TakeOver with the tag belts. I would have thought um, Loomis and Theory is probably going to be a takeover match. Is it not? Not if I have anything to do about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they want to appease me, uh, bring in Pat McAfee for a match against yeah. anyone. I mean, he did. Uh, I actually didn't get a chance to read this news today, but I do believe Pat McAfee has commented on working over WrestleMania. So bear with me while I search for old Patrick's comments. Uh, here it is. Wow. Comments on- Treat yourself. I, I, well, I Look, are you on tenterhooks? I bet you are. Um, <laughs> so he did, he, he did a podcast appearance and he was asked about a possible WrestleMania appearance. He said, that'd be dope. That'd be pretty cool. Just like the NFL thing though. Now I've gotten a chance to do it. I have so much respect for anyone who's ever wrestled. The amount of work, an amount of buy-in to be a successful wrestler, especially to be a WWE WrestleMania guy, that is a lot. The goal is for people to remember something as epic, but I'm not sure I'm tough enough for a mania-like run or my schedule could allow me. But that would obviously be insane if I were at WrestleMania. That doesn't sound like he's going to be there. Um, it sounds like it he wants a, uh, a WrestleMania match, not an NXT TakeOver match. Well, this is it. Like, I mean, <laughs> I guess he was asked a very specific question there. But yeah, it also sounds like, despite all the great things we've seen of Pat McAfee thus far, thus far, whether you like him or not, and I like him for the record, um, you can't deny that the, the, what he's done thus far in NXT has been good stuff. And yeah, it doesn't seem though that he's willing, as much as he loves it and as well as he's done, he's not going to give up like the empire that he's kind of built, like his his schedule yeah. that you always to he's never going to be fully in no he's not like he's got so much going on he's he's such a little media mogul you know, <laughs> pack his hand to anything and yeah i like i don't ever expect him to be like well wrestling's my new direction in life now so maybe we should just be grateful that we had those weeks of pat that we did but we will never forget the weeks we had of pat mcafee Mm. What did you make of? Uh, we've, we're just on an NXT roll now, so. <laughs> um, what did you make of Pete Dunn's promo? Did you see it? Um, I saw it. Um, 
I can't say that I fully remember it, which is when he ended it by saying that no one <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, Alex. Later on, you can ask me how many times I watched The End of Dynamite. But, um, which is when he said that he was the best wrestler, the best technical wrestler. He said, I'm the best technical wrestler in the world. Anybody is welcome <laughs> to prove me wrong. Now, for the record, Pete Dunne is a great technical wrestler. Um, yeah. You know, if we're, if we're talking... Let's imagine he's only talking to the world of WWE and someone like Zack Sabre Jr. doesn't get a say. I was going to say, Zack's crying hearing this. Zack's crying. (laughs) Let's let's imagine that that's that's not fair game. Uh, In the world of WWE, I do believe Pete Dunne is an exceptional technical wrestler and he could have a great match with just about anyone. Like, nobody could tell me Pete Dunne's had a bad match. He generally has great chemistry with everyone. Um, where this is going, I don't know, but it was so eerily similar to what Chris Benoit used to say in 2000. Like, even the wording of prove me wrong, I was like, they must know. Like, you know, like, like you could say it different. I don't know. It, was, it came off a bit weird to me, and I'm obviously a huge Pete Dunn fan. Yeah. I, was, I was a bit like, you know, say well, you're the best yeah. technical wrestler in the world. <laughs> yeah, but the prove me wrong bit, I was a bit like, oh, that's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That might be just a little Easter egg Pete Dunn threw in, threw in to make sure someone's paying attention. You obviously, <laughs> not not the people, not the people in the back of NXT. Who do you think uh, Pete Dunn would get a takeover? Like this is obviously going somewhere. So who is like yeah. the te- who's the technical master? Tim Thatcher probably springs to mind. But who who do you think would be the guy that would go for Pete Dunn and, and answer this challenge? Hmm. That should be such a great one to do it. Um, he's kind of tied up, isn't he? Um, who else is there for like technical ability? I mean, again, outside of Thatcher, there's you can't arrive. Unless, unless because Dunn has laid out a challenge, um, it can be someone not in NXT, like a main roster person, oh. like Cesaro or oh. someone. Like there maybe this is Zaro's little signing bonus, and maybe he'll he'll say, you know. Um, I mean, when, I, have- when you think technical, right? Like Daniel Bryan springs to mind. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to get my hopes up, but that kind of person. Yeah, right? yeah. And let's let's hold out hope for like a Bryan or Cesaro to be the one. And um, I think you know, if you're going to do two nights of NXT, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a main roster person having a match, just yeah. to really like, spice that up. I mean, Triple H kind of lo- he like kind of loves that, doesn't he? That cross promotion stuff. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people in the chat making really good points. Like, uh, you know, this might not be the 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 banner names that some people were thinking of, but my word, like Pete, to be done and Chad Gable, could, yeah. they could they have an absolute banger. They would tear it up, wouldn't they? Yeah. Drew Gulak, that's another great shout. Oh uh, yeah. Um, mate, and I, I'm very happy with this from Matthew McCoskey. Great shout, Tyler Bate. Listen, they could run that back anytime, mm-hmm. and 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 I, I, would, I, this is a hill I'll die on. There's no reason to, but I would. Their their match, uh, Takeover Chicago, is maybe in the top five NXT matches ever. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I, I missed, did you, you don't agree or do agree? Don't. I don't. I, I mean, no. You don't, you don't read not. a patch. Not highly. Oh! I haven't thought about it since it happened. I'm sorry. What is this? Oh, I'm so upset by that. I, I honestly think it's one of the yeah. Hey, well, I, made, I, made I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't take the bit of Tyler bit <laughs> that I've thrown out there. You're not going to have it. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway, uh, I mean that, that that's a whole other conversation. Like the top five, I've literally just thrown that off the cuff. But I revere that match. Very highly. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, very, very intrigued to see where they're going with mm-hmm. Pete Dunne in that way, in that vein. I'd very much. I think there's a lot of possibilities. Um, elsewhere, like we said, we had EO and uh, Tony that I kind of glossed over a little bit there. Um, but I did love the finishing sequence there. You know, Tony Driver. She actually, you know, a lot of Chris Benoit on the show, diving headbutt, um, which obviously turned into the crossface. He's, he's everywhere, Steph. Um, and then, obviously, that was the end of that match. So, uh, when, again, I, as far as, like, NXT, I think the, the only argument I could ever really make against Dynamite and NXT this year is I always said, well, NXT, they do have great matches up their sleeve, like, that they can pull out. Mm-hmm. And I felt like in the two matches they did of Cole and Balor, which was fantastic, and Shiraya yeah. and Storm, that was NXT at their strongest. Yeah? Yeah. It's, I, I did really like the, the Cole Balor match. It was very yeah, good. I, and Balor, like, and I know like I'm not going to, we're partisan, you more than I maybe, but, um, <laughs> you know, my roots and my pale complexion, they don't lie. I uh, I think Finn Balor is arguably in the form of his WWE career. You know, I know you could say about Japan and that, but I think this is maybe the best he's been since he's been in the company. I think this is the best he's been since he's been in the company. Absolutely. Um, this is really what he needed. And it's interesting that it has turned into a long-term thing. Like it wasn't a couple of months, but over a year now that he's been in NXT. He's obviously put his foot down and said, this is what I want. He seems happy. He's having some of the best matches. He's not doing anything silly. Um, and that's good because I, I was very sad about Balor for a long, long time. Me but too. Now I'm, now I'm just happy for him. I'm actually I'm happy for him that he's getting to do this. Yeah, his work in the ring is speaking volumes. Like that shows yeah. the quality right there. I said today he was lost in the shuffle for too long on the main roster, and I feel that's very true. Like for someone of yeah. his caliber and quality, they didn't they didn't prioritize him enough no. at all. People no. were like, oh, he was on TV a lot. Yeah, that's one thing, but they didn't treat him the way he should have been treated up there. He could have been. A major, major star for them. So, you know, being lost in the shuffle, what I mean by that is, yeah, exactly that. You're a big attraction. You've got the quality to be a main player, but instead they just kind of have you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I felt like that was always a problem. Whereas now, as I said, the body of work, you can't deny it. The guy is killing it. He is. And they did grossly mistreat him. Um, he was he was, he was, was nothing like a mid to upper mid card guy. They tried it right at the bat with the universal title, and then when he got injured, that was it for him. And mm. he had like, and he was someone that I think that at the beginning, at least, the fans were so behind that you could have capitalized on. But nope. <laughs> I thought right, the ending was fairly cool, where Karrion Cross is just there, like in his face. Yeah. Do I want to see Karrion Cross beat Finn Balor for the title? Hell no, I don't want to see that. Um, I, that is, no. I don't want to go down that road again. My hope here is Finn Balor wins, carrying Cross up to the main roster. 
yeah, that's the best case scenario. Karrion Cross belongs in the main roster. He's just a main roster guy. Um, he really is. I don't think there's any point putting the title on him. I can see him being a post-mania call-up. So I don't see any point in doing that to the title. Just keep it on Finn, and then Karrion can, can go be what he was always meant to be, a main roster guy. Yeah, so if Finn and um, Karrion Cross are battling out a takeover, presumably... The Undisputed Era obviously implodes. I don't know if you factor in, well, well, Bobby Fish is injured, but I don't know if you have Roddy Strong. Do you do the triple threat or is it just O'Reilly and Cole? Like, I, I feel like the goal here, again, would be to get O'Reilly over and then maybe Cole goes yeah. up. Because what else is there for him to do after that? So what do you Leave. think? How, how do they approach it? I, I think a triple threat is probably the best way to go. Um to just, you know, finish, really finish off the Undisputed Era. Um, Kyle definitely should be elevated. Um, Cole, I guess, is main roster unless he's hopping on the bus to Jacksonville. Um, I guess it's main roster. And I could tell you in about a year, we're going to be having a really sad conversation about Adam Cole along like the, the lines of our dollar conversation. Yeah, well, like the tweet that I put out today, I said... Keith Lee, and I know that people are unsure of injury his injury status, but it's definitely not clear. Yeah. Uh, Alistair Black and Andrade. Like, the mm-hmm. body of work that those guys had in NXT, and even the promising starts on the main roster, for them to just not be on TV, it's criminal. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like, And it seems like WWE's the only place that that sort of stuff happens. It's, it's so bizarre that you can just get pulled like that. And there's a lot of different rumours to why. You know, yeah. we have, like Alistair Black... For instance, we understand there's the connotations to Zelina leaving, which, again, shouldn't really factor in, but apparently it does. Um, yeah. You know, Andrade, he did had eye surgery at the end of the year, but then they just haven't had anything for him. Again, pretty criminal when you give the talent. And Keith Lee, there's been all these reports about that maybe he doesn't do exactly what Vince wants. You know, like he hasn't been able to adapt. You know, Shayna Baszler was talking about this from Renee, uh, Renee Paquette. I keep doing that on her podcast. Um, and she says it's very different. Once you get there, getting what Vince wants out of a match is very different to in NXT. And there, yeah. therein lies the, maybe the problem that we've all spoken about, right? Like how the translation from NXT isn't always as seamless as we always think it should be. I've never heard of a company wanting to um, show up their training program like that badly you know it's so bizarre imagine if we went through like a six month welcome to wrestle talk course and then we started our job and on day one they were like okay so everything you learned in that course was rubbish and we want you to do something completely else or else we're not going to use you you'd just be like okay that kind of makes it seem like you're not doing the right training you know as, as much as nxt should be its own thing like there should be some synchronicity there so that we're yeah. not basically training for something that when we get on the big stage it turns out that we know absolutely nothing and then get punished for it you know it, it's just so bizarre at some point don't you think triple h should start taking it personally i think triple h <laughs> i mean Oh, you'd have to get inside Triple H's head, but I I think he should be taking it personally. Like from now, Vince, Mc, I, I'm, but I think deep down Triple H is like, oh, I bet Vince wishes Dwayne was his son-in-law. <laughs> that is a good hot take. I like that. Um, right, let's move on to Dynamite, shall we? What Steph really has come here for? Let's get into it. Can't then. believe we've waited um, so long. I know. In fairness. <laughs> Dynamite gets the rub every single week for like 45 minutes. And then we go, oh, yeah. This is an epic Dynamite, Alex. goes up till 6 a.m. <laughs> it is. It is epic. Let, let's, I, I want to start with their recovery from Sunday. Now, um, my, my take is, is, always, is always the same. I would have loved it if it had gone off as planned. I, I think we all would have, right? In an ideal no. world... Right, we'll get to me. In, in an ideal world, I would love of that lasting image where Eddie Kingston is lying on top of 
of John Moxley and there's all just carnage around them and you're like, he sacrificed himself. It would have been one of the all-time great final matches and show closing angle that I could remember in recent memory. Like, when it was happening, I was so pumped, right? I was very disappointed the way it transpired. We Like, m- most of us were very disappointed. Kenny Omega apparently more than most. But the way they recovered last night, I would argue, is about as well as you could possibly recover from a situation like that. And I think a lot of that comes down to the performances of Eddie Kingston, uh, Don Callis in particular, I would say, especially in the ring. Um, you know, his, not only the opening promo, but the interactions with Kingston, I really enjoyed. Um, and I felt like, you know, they planted the little seeds, obviously, maybe Impact brought the bomb, <laughs> um, you know, and, and all the other stuff. Like maybe they wanted it to do that. They didn't quite commit, but they gave us enough theories and enough illusion of power that we could buy it. And then Kingston obviously kind of explained why. And this is interesting because if, I wish I'd clipped it, but Steph basically predicted this last week, what Kingston would say. Um, but it wasn't just what he said. Again, he delivered it, him and Moxley together. There was something special about that. I just felt like coming out of a, an angle as damaging as it was, and it was, they really, really did well, Steph. You thought they did such a great job at the recovery here. Um, so much. Uh, I thought, because I thought, you know, obviously, yes, it was a, it was a massive disappointment that the, the bomb did not go off. Um, but I liked how immediately, like even on the night, as much as some people gave Tony um, grief for it, they were starting to construct, you know, a storyline reason. Um, for what happened. You know, it was Kenny that made the bomb, and that's what went down. Um, even getting Moxley to do a promo. But the the highlight of this was absolutely the fact that Eddie Kingston used my excuse that I laid well, out for it's Eddie confirmed. He watches the show, clearly. So, yeah, I, you know, when I was on Talk Sport with you on Monday, I was saying, this guy had anxiety and blo- uh, like blacked out and he didn't know and i said it two further times that day on separate <laughs> shows and went in depth of how eddie could explain this so imagine my shock awe and delight when eddie kingston <laughs> starts saying that he blacked out from anxiety and pdsd i was like well i it's so nice to know that eddie kingston's a Steph chase fan because i am an eddie kingston fan uh but i think they did a really good job um I like who knows what the actual storyline plan was meant to be when the explosion went off, but this is a really good way to go. I guess maybe what they wanted to happen was the explosion to go off, um, and then um, it be Kingston that was that was properly hurt from it. But I think they've got they went in such a great direction last night. We got that great great segment with Omega, Callis, um, and Kingston in the ring. That was tremendous. I, I like anything where, where Kingston's elevated. Um, and, you know, Kingston is a Oscar-worthy actor. He really is. And he was the perfect man to deliver this. And if anyone could save it, it was Eddie. And I, I really think they did a great job. And I think we can all, you know, move on from the bad the bad bomb because now we know what, what it is. Kenny or Impact they just made a crap bomb, um, but it, it was a great job. They didn't ignore it; they addressed it, and I, I was I was proud, mainly yeah. because they used my idea. Mate, <laughs> um, before we circle back to this, I do just want to say because I saw it in the chat, Becky Lynch has announced that her father's passed away, which is such a terrible shame. She put, "My dad passed away this morning. My God." Was he a great dad? My brother and I never had second doubts that he loved us unconditionally. He was proud of us no matter what. Um, she goes on to, you know, it's a very long post, obviously, where she goes on to praise the influence and and how much he believed in her and stuff. So terrible, really, that obviously she's just had mm-hmm. a grandchild and it, well, for him, obviously, and, yeah. and it, he didn't make it around too long enough. So obviously, I just wanted to say that so we could extend our best wishes to Becky Lynch mm-hmm. and... Uh, and say we're thinking of her right now. Uh, you've interviewed her, right? Like she is one mm-hmm. of the nicest human beings in the world. So I wish yeah. nothing but the best for Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To uh, go back to Dynamite, mm-hmm. Christian. Christian makes his appearance at the end of this segment we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, and he confronts 
Kenny Omega, right? And there's a little tease where Kenny wants to shake his hand. Doesn't happen. Very nearly Christian hits the kill switch on Omega before he scoots out. Callus makes him retreat. That probably signifies Christian's first program in AEW is going to be with Omega. Um, we might be, you know, I'd be surprised if he won, but it is a great way to start 100%, is it not? If it's a little TV program to the next, like, special Dynamite, then that's fine. It's a good way to introduce Christian um, because they've been, a, you know, never been together. It has a small amount of a dream match quality. So, Canadians. Yeah, it's fine. Canadians, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for Christian, like for those who are like, oh, you know, is this a great deal or whatever, um, and those who maybe don't appreciate what a great worker he is, this is about as good as you could get, you know? Like you've partnered yeah. him with the best worker, many would argue, in the world. So mm-hmm. what better introduction could he possibly get than that as a dance partner? It's like we've said before, when you put Pat McAfee with Adam Cole or Dominic Mysterio with a Seth yeah. Rollins, you give them the right people. And I feel like Christian being out for so long, he proved at the Rumble we can still go. But yeah. absolutely, put him in there with Omega. And if straight away, people are going to go, you know what? That's a good signing. He's legit. I think it's very smart. Yeah. No, it's good. It's And it's making use of, of the reason to bring Christian in, like the name of, of Christian. It's, it's a good move. Uh, elsewhere. Let, I mean, I, I hate to like scatter about the card, but I feel like we should address yeah. the big moments first, right? In a circle, okay? Now, the closing segment of the show, woo, it was a banger. And uh, the main takeaway here is that MJF is one smart man, Steph. Break it down for the people what happened. Don't break it down. Um, and my emotions. So <laughs> we had, you know, MJF and Jericho, they lost. So we had a war council that all the guys come out, notably absent Wardlow, um, a notable outfit choice, Jericho in a white shirt. And they, Jericho says, like, maybe, you know, it's time to add another member. And MJF is like, no, maybe it's time a member leaves. And then... <laughs> And then we have the return of Sammy came back. And as uh, another thing, as I thought, Sammy would not hold everything against Jericho because it was MJF all along. Mm. So he, he came back and he wanted Jericho to watch the video. Jericho wasn't immediately embracing him. He's like, I, I, know I said I never wanted to hear your name again. But Sammy said, you know, all that we've been through, like, please just watch this video. So Sammy, who is a prolific blogger, <laughs> sets up the camera in the inner circle dressing room and he hears MJF telling the other boys, Santana, Ortiz, and Hager, that like this is the they're gonna overthrow Jericho. It's time. And then <laughs> we go back to the ring and MJF's like, you know, I didn't want you to find out like this, but now that you know, and you had them all like Santana, Ortiz, Hager facing Jericho and Sammy. And they're pushing back and looking menacing. Steph is at home watching, going, turn the other way. Yeah. Yes. And then they turn the other way. Because Jericho says, do you think we don't talk to each other? Of course I knew what you were going to do. Of course I knew you were trying to overthrow me. So now they're all looking at MJF. MJF gets shoved like across the ring into the turnbuckle. And then Jericho starts telling him that he's fired from the inner circle. And MJF is, like, cowering in the corner like he's going to cry and saying, I'm so sorry, like, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Steph's at home watching going, huh. Like, I knew MJF was going to turn on Jericho, but I'm like, there's no way they're letting MJF come up, like, like this much for cowards. And then MJF says, I never wanted to take over the inner circle. I was too busy building my own faction. And the lights go out. They come on. We have FTR, Tully, Sean Spears, and in a vest with his hair down, Wardlow. Who looks massive, by the way. <laughs> he looks huge. Yeah. And then we get this epic brawl. Like, 
FTR was like throwing beer or something at the beginning, like it just like collided. We had Sammy with his head going through his oh. chair. It was a massacre. Santana and Ortiz were handcuffed, but Wardlow destroyed Jericho. I, it was Wardlow that was just dishing out the punishment on him, and the angle ended with Jericho bleeding because he got hit in the head with MJF's ring, and he was proper bleeding all over his white shirt, being dragged to the stage, powerbomb off the apron, off the uh, stage, onto a table that had sellotape or something on it, like gaffer tape, by Wardlow. The show goes out, Jericho is done for. an incredible angle it was there was so many twists and turns in it that all made sense i think it was one of those storylines we all knew where it was going as an mjf turning and they thought of so many ways to keep us on our toes during the segment like all-time great closing segment i loved it i loved it so much i think i've watched it seven times it's it's genuinely in my like and again, I can't sit here and chronologically put it in order, but it's instantly in my like top ten, maybe top five show closers I can ever remember. Like I had yeah. those. Um, do you remember the Alliance vibes when they turned on WWE? Like the turn mm-hmm. in the ring had that. Like I love the way I, that they made. Go on. Oh, I was going to say that it was one thing it reminded me of um, because of the beating that Jericho took. It was like. Festival of Friendship vibes, but like a dark thing because in the Festival of Friendship, like you genuinely believed like Kevin and Chris loved each other. So that was like so like made you cry. But MJF, he never trusted. So it was like he took such a beating and it was like so sad, but in a different way where instead of being like my heart is broken because of what Kevin Owens has done, you, you just felt like your heart was angry because you knew MJF could never be trusted and as much as you thought he could never be trusted as much as you thought he was like a sneaky little rat that was going around and trying to get Santana and Ortiz on his side he was actually doing something worse he was like building a whole other faction to take them on it's a great angle one of the main things I love about it is that like and again I always say this I hate the comparative stuff in WWE a lot of the times you'll be made to look stupid, right? Like there'll yeah. be somebody who doesn't see something come in or, you know, like Kurt mm-hmm. Angle went and get punched by Triple H, right? Like everyone here looked smart. It all made sense, yeah. right? Jericho was like, did it, you know, Jericho all along was very cautious of MJF and he was smart enough to have telegraphed what he thought he saw coming, right? Yeah. No one at home, I, I mean, show me if I'm wrong. I would love to see the tweets or anything. I don't think anybody picked this happening mjf no. lightning a stable and the people in it right no. that's that's one of the primary reasons i love the angle anyway because i couldn't predict mm-hmm. it secondly mjf right is the guy who's like secretly learning from jericho but jericho's cautious of him but we always still think and in that angle where jericho says you think i didn't know you still think yeah. ah he's the master you still think yeah he's yeah. still the smartest guy in the room but he's not because mjf is the guy who undercut him the whole entire time i just thought it was so well layered and entertaining, like it had literally everything you could hope for in, in an angle where everyone looks great. Are we going to blood and guts? Is this what's happening? Like they thought of everything so well because us as the viewers, knowing that MJF would turn on him, if Jericho didn't know that, then he'd look silly. And they covered that perfectly because he could never have known what MJF was actually doing behind his back. I, yeah, I hope it ends in a blood and guts match. But I have to say, I feel like a lot of this, a lot of this show was booked for me personally, because, <laughs> like seriously, because you had Eddie Kingston using my angle, you had the announcement of a St. Patrick's Day show where Thunder Rose is going to headline. Yeah. But Wardlow got such such a spotlight in that beatdown, and it it looks like we have to get Wardlow versus Jericho at one time. 
that's going to be amazing. Wardlow is, I would build the company on the strong back of Mr. Wardlow. Listen, um, there is there is a compelling yeah. case to make, and I'm a huge MJF guy, but Wardlow might actually be the guy, right? Wardlow's a- the guy. I've been saying from the beginning, Wardlow is the guy. Wardlow's the guy. He's the future. He's the guy. I think. No offense to MJF. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a yeah. friend of friend of the show, apparently. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think it'll be a similar. Yeah, yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's going to be a similar thing. Like, I think Adam Page will arrive when he dethrones Kenny Omega, and I think Wardlow's yeah. going to arrive when he eventually dethrones MJF. That is my prediction, uh, and I think 100%. there'll be mega stars that will be made in AEW. Uh, man, I'm you know. Those two angles knocked out of the park. Do you know what? Uh, speaking of what you just said there for next week, St. Patrick's Day uh, show, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker in the main event as Tony Khan tees in the Revolution post-media scrum. Cody Rhodes and Penta, you know, Cody's got that sore shoulder. Penta is known for breaking arms in Lucha Underground and whatnot. Um, that this seems is a like... really interesting match, I think. Yes. I think Cody sometimes, like, do you ever get where it feels like Cody's just operating in his own universe? <laughs> no, no, but no, but like his storylines and angles and stuff feel like so separate. You know, like he just he seems like he doesn't have any connection to the rest of the roster in a way. I know you. I know you so mean. The, the him and Penta is such an interesting pairing because it just feels like you're you're giving this is the most kind of unique opponent that Cody has had is they're like from two different worlds within this company. I think that's a really interesting match to make. Yeah. I, I mean, Cody, and I've said this before, I couldn't believe that they took him out of the title picture. Like they did like then, do yeah. you know what I mean? I, I was like, that's silly. I, I thought at that point he was the hottest baby face in wrestling, not to say W. He yeah. was red, yeah. red hot. Like, if we can remember back to those crowds, he was smoking hot, especially coming out the cage match with Wardlow and that. He was on fire. And I'm not saying that he should have dethroned anyone because the way it's played out is great. Um, I just mean, I still thought at that t- at that point, like, wow, I can't believe they're going to make it so that he doesn't do that. I, you have to imagine there will come a time down the road when they do do it like i just think yeah. the, baby face, the baby face cody Rhodes title win it has to happen at some point surely yeah yeah it does but it actually and this is not like a a knock on cody or anything but he does operate in his own universe within the company and it's it, it's i feel like that's kind of part of why he's not in the t- title picture it's as if he said you know, take me out of it, and I'm going to orbit in my own Codyverse, and the TNT mm. title can be in that. Yeah, which is, you know, it's worked out fine thus far. I'm just, yeah. I just I just always thought that was something. I mean, do you know what else? Next week, Moxley, Kingston, and the Good Brothers. Boy, that's a TV match right there. Steph. So big. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I just, I love that Mox, Moxie and Kingston were great rivals. I love them being friends, drinking buddies again, because that means they can split up again later and have <laughs> bigger longer views, doesn't it? Because then all this history that we were being told about between Kingston and Moxley, like we can actually see for ourselves now if they have a run of being friends. So that's cool. Kingston's just the best. And this is a really great little pairing to, and then getting the Good Brothers in there as well. It's very good. It's going to be a wild St. Patrick's Day. I love it. I'm so excited um, for the direction that that's it. AEW, like I said, angle-wise, I just don't think they can be touched in wrestling right now. I really don't. Um, no, not, not at all. Like, there's, the storylines are just so well executed. They're so intricate. You can put so much like time thinking about them like I do in a way that you just, I cannot think of a WWE storyline that I've thought about like this, um, especially one that's ever amounted to anything. Mm. Yeah, like, like again, the, the, the turn for Roman is the best thing they've done in the past year. But again, you look at Dynamite and, and 
you know, every month there's there's like killer angles transpiring yeah. or like, you know, like I, I've said this before, I think AEW are very good at surprises. Yeah, I know people mm-hmm. were, were indifferent about Christian, but generally speaking, they're very good with shots and surprises. Um, and, I, and I feel like they're always keeping it fresh. So, and, you know, angles are always changing, whereas WWE will get rematches for like two months. So I don't know. I just feel like... Yeah. You know, uh, let's let's fly through the rest of Dynamite anyway, because I know we have got ultra chats before we wrap up here. Um, Matt Jackson and Phoenix. Glad to see Phoenix. Get the win. Yeah, yeah, good to see Phoenix get the win. Very good match. Phoenix should be a single star. As much as I like him teaming with Pac, that's cool. But Phoenix is so great. Cody Rhodes and uh, got a victory, and so did Ethan Page. Uh, on his, you know, singles de- debut on Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, and Sting had some words to talk about, um, but the promo ended pretty abruptly. Um, seems and like last time. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 fear, I fear for Sting. <laughs> Lance Archer just floats around Dynamite looking for a spot. Uh, it, it, he really does. He just seems to pop up. He had a couple weeks run where it felt like he was a part of things, but most of the time he is just wandering about looking for a spot and it looks like he's picked on Sting. I don't know how that much is going to work out, but I have much faith in, in Sting. Uh, Maki Ito continues to be the most enjoyable woman in professional wrestling uh, with Britt Baker uh, and Nyla Rose, they defeated Shida and Mizunami and Thunder Rosa. Of course, we know where that direction that's heading in. And Scorpio Sky came up short against Darby Allen, but it was entertaining. I mean, that spot to the outside, yeah. the dive and the cutter was extremely good. Like, um, he, I suppose he was always going to come up short, but that's more about where Darby Allen's going than Scorpio Sky, I guess. Yes, because if you think about it, Darby has never really been a proper TNT champion because he spent all his time tied up with Sting. So yeah. he's never really had those singles matches and, and been able to defend it. But I think Darby Allen's an absolute creative genius. Not just what we saw in the cinematic match with Sting that he was mostly responsible for, but you know it was him that, that thought up those spots, the cutter spot oh. and also the drop spot. And he's so, so innovative and just great. Love Darby. Let's get into the ultra chats that we've got here. Let's start with a hot take from Wrestle Scope. How you doing, brother? Woo-hoo. Hey, Alex. Steph, my dear. <laughs> That's a way to address her. Hot take. Love new MJF faction. Should be named the Diamond Dynasty. Hmm. Uh, except for Sean Spears. He does nothing for the group. Overrated in WWE. Done nothing in AEW. Dead. Wait. Get rid of him. Run with MJF, Wardlow, FTR, and... Tully, oh, the chairman's been crucified. <laughs> um, what do you think, Steph? Um, I don't think that Sean Spears has has ever had a great position in AEW, um, and I'm not sure he's all that worthy of it. I do kind of feel sorry for him. They just brought him back aligned with Tully and, and FTR, um, and now you know maybe he'll get something. Um, from this angle, maybe he will. Uh, I think they were making up numbers, though. If you need one more guy, um, you know, give it like why not give it to Sean Spears because he makes sense. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sean Spears. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, like he was over as Ty Dillinger at one point, and yeah. when he first came to AW, you know, the the botch chair shot with Cody and how that angle went didn't didn't really help him. Then he kind of became yeah. like, you know, not almost a joke, right? Like, I remember he had that match with Dustin on pay-per-view. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah. Um, so I don't think, you know, out of all the great things AEW have done, I'm not convinced that Sean Spears is one of them. But I don't I think, think he's so. dead either. Like, I don't think I mean? he's dead. I, I feel like he might do better in a group than he did when he was just with Tully because I actually think Tully is too strong a personality to be with Sean Spears. He just overpowered him and made Sean Spears look weak. And then they kind of played on it with some of the the bad stuff that we saw, but he he could be rehabbed within this faction. And if he is the weak link, MJF will probably kick him out. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I'm open-minded going with this. I don't think, like, Sean Spears is bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah. I just don't think he's had 
He hasn't had a great run in AW thus far. For whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out for him. But he's in a great spot now. This is obviously the hottest group and whatnot. So let's see how that plays out for him, I would say. But yes, hot take indeed, WrestleScope. Thank you very much, my man. Um, bang Brains. That'd be Matthew McCoskey, even though you've changed your name. Uh, six to nine, me Don. <laughs> Made me laugh my ass off. I was almost in tears. But man, what a night of wrestling. NXT looked amazing. AEW looked amazing. Man, I can't wait to see what's next. Takeover looks to be setting up greatly, and next week's Dynamite is stacked. Bang brains. Uh, yes, Matthew. We got the message of, of brains being banged. But um, I must say, yeah, I, like, at the top, like I said at the top of the show, Steph, very happy with what I saw last night from both counts. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Can't um can't disparage that. And I, I was six to nine me done. I must say that did make me laugh. Just just Kenny Omega. Me Kenny Omega in full Kenny Omega mode is it's fantastic. Um Benny Boy 004 says, so four horsemen like team with more f- than four people. Fortune to AEW confirmed. <laughs> They're gonna change some things. Hopefully, at least one of you get that reference. I do, Benny Boy. I do. Um I I'm glad that they didn't know do the typical four horsemen stuff. Are you? Yeah, I'm glad because the four horsemen are an iconic faction, but you need you you need to build your own. And I don't think MJF's the kind of person that would just take on um another, you know, an already established faction. He's gonna wanna build something that is his that everyone can remember with MJF's faction. Yeah, I because I thought last week, you know when the when the rumors were like, Oh, you know, they're gonna do the the new um yeah. four horsemen. Right. I was like, yeah, but they need that centerpiece. Do you know what I mean? I was like, they yeah. need they need what Flair was to the horsemen. And I feel like FDR needed that, whether it was Cody. I, I thought Cody was the first one actually that came to my mind. But MJF yeah. is perfect. That is the perfect guy. So uh yeah, no complaints my end at all. Um Bo Hill says I loved what AEW did last night with MJF and the inner circle. They teased MJF taking over. I never saw this coming. It was really beautifully done. One of the best segments ever. Would be interesting if Arn betrays Cody and joins them down the road. Yes, that would be. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing, one would assume that's a feud that makes all the sense is Cody and Arn. And, um, you know, then you can do all those teases of who's with who. And I don't know, maybe the Young Bucks would help out Cody. I I don't know. But um, the possibilities are there, Steph. I think a Cody and Aaron uh, feud would work best using one of the Nightmare family, you know, to get one of them over. That, you know, if Aaron can't wrestle, he picks like a, say, like a Lee Johnson to, you know, to build him up and go against Cody. I think something like that would work well. Yeah, don't let QT Marshall help. He's uh, (laughs) chucking his own Nightmare family over the top ropes and stuff. the goddamn rascal. Bo Hill again. Loved what AEW did last night. No, hang on. I just read that one, Alex. Idiot. Matty says, hey, Alex and Steph, how are you? I thought we had another great Wednesday Night Wars. Steph, I have to ask, what did you think of the barbed wire death match, the match itself and the botch? Uh, WrestleMania looks like... Uh, rather than WrestleMania week looks so busy. What are your thoughts on WrestleMania still being up in the air? Steph... Can you introduce today as Rusev Day? Me and SP3 have had to do it this week, Steph, so I'm assuming this is your turn. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Can I, even, can I even remember what that sounds like? All you have um, to do is, uh, today is Rusev. Mm-hmm. Off you go. You don't have to do the whole jargon that he did before it. Oh, uh, <laughs> I can't ah. remember what said. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got your money to us, mate. I don't know. There it is. There it is. Uh, fantastic stuff. What did you think of the wow. Bad Death match, Steph? I thought it was excellent. Um, the match was absolutely fantastic. And obviously, the ending was unfortunate. I think it's um, sad for Mox and Kenny that that was the headline was the ending because they really went for it in that match and they really produced a very well done death match that was also perfectly acceptable um, on a stage such as AW. So I thought they did such a tremendous job. I love the match. I love um, 
blood and guts, so it's right up my alley. <laughs> I saw so I, I saw so many people like um, before this match that it be on Twitter and my own streams being like, I don't like a death match, and I was thinking, oh, I do though. I I like that. I want to I want to see some really gross blood. I've always been a sucker for carnage. I really have. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, we have to wrap it up there, guys. Thank you so much for all of your hot takes today, ultra chats, your you know being in the comments and joining us talking about a great night of wrestling. Frankly, Steph, you just had a great week on your YouTube channel, man. Um, talk to yeah. the people, let them know what's coming up, where they can find you. You can find me on YouTube at Stephanie Chase Wrestling. I am about a hundred and forty subscribers away from a thousand, and if you guys like. Not just I want to get to thousands, but I am planning like a party when I get to thousands, like a live stream party. So it's worth it just for that to to see the kind of party that I will put on. Um, you can join me on Friday at 11.30 p.m. UK time for AW Weekly. And you can join me the hour before Dynamite on Wednesday where I will have the Steph Patrick's Day Slam pre-show party. <laughs> Listen, Steph, when the party happens, will the Umbertaker be there? Oh, of course. Uh, the Umbertaker will be there, and uh, Daryl will be there as well, who is uh, another famous wrestling bear. <laughs> Steph's got them all. Right. Uh, so, anyway, guys, you know what to do. Follow Steph on Twitter. She recently broke the 3,000 barrier, but help her get to 1,000 on YouTube. I can't implore you enough. Uh, we will be sharing. The links, I will do so on my Twitter as well. Here it is. There you go on YouTube. Uh, so make sure, make, make sure you support everything that Steph's doing. And thank you for your support here on Wrestling Daily. We appreciate you. Steph will be back here next Thursday, tomorrow. Louis Dangora is in the house from 8pm with me to wrap up another week of Wrestling Daily. So until then, thank you very much and goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.